I can tell you're very upset, but I'm sorry. I I'm not going. Did you hear that? I can't believe this. Look at this. He's eating a sandwich. Are you going to eat those fries? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going back in. Feel better. Poor bastard. Hello and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we welcome Evie Pat. Evie has appeared in a number of films and TV shows, including Gilmore Girls, Friends, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed, Quick Draw, and The Young and the Restless. But Seinfeld fans will always remember her for playing the woman who was crying in Monks in the classic season seven episode, The Postponement. And we're so glad she can join us today. Thank you for being with us, Evie. Hi, thank you for having me. I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we're so glad we get we get to have you on here then. And this is also a historic moment for the podcast because we've never actually interviewed someone who didn't have any dialogue in their episode, and we've always wanted to do that. So this is just so awesome. And your part was so memorable, of course, despite the fact you didn't have any dialogue. It's just such a great scene. So um, take us back to that time. How did the Roland Seinfeld first come about? Okay, so... I was, I'm from Los Angeles and I went to UCLA in the theater department, uh, UCLA. And I got into a theater company called the Actors Gang, which was run by Tim Robbins and started by Tim Robbins. He went to UCLA, uh, like 10 years before I did. And he started this company, the Actors Gang, and it was a lot of UCLA graduates who had come into it. And I had just graduated the UCLA theater department. Um, and people were trying to help me get into TV and film. And they said, you have to send your picture and resume to these casting directors. And someone said, you should send it to Mark Hirschfeld because he's a big fan of the actors gang and he'll come to our shows. And so I did. And he came and saw a show. And one day I got a phone call that just said, it was from, you know, Lieberman Hirschfeld casting, please come and audition for Seinfeld. And I lost my mind because it the show was not just my favorite, but my family's favorite. And it was one of those things that we could all agree on. It was the only show that my whole family loved passionately. And we disagreed on every TV show except Seinfeld. So it was like the best, best uh, most exciting thing. And I had not done anything. I, I think I'd done, um, days of our lives, which at the time was an after contract. Now they're merged, you know, the two unions. So I had my after card, but I didn't have my SAG card. So part of me was like, if I get this, are they going to cast me? Cause they'll have to taft Hartley me, which would mean that I could get into SAG. So it was a big deal in many ways. And they said, you know, come in for the part of the crying woman. And here's the thing. There was a line oh, that wow. oh, wow. had. Yes. So um, so the what happens is she's crying. It's the scene. Right. And then uh, the husband or boyfriend says. So then George comes in and says, um, I'm going back in there. Right. And how it's written was he says, I'm going back in there. And he leaves. And then I say something like, you know, it really is upsetting to me. I really want that you're not coming or I really wish you would go or something like that. I wish I, I could remember the real line, but it's something like, you know, I'm really upset. I wish you would go. And then the husband boyfriend says, all right, fine, I'll go. And then I get like. I won, you know, so it, it's the irony that George was inspired by this fight that ended up not being what he thought it was. Um, anyway, so that's the scene. So I walk into the audition and I'm terrified, nervous, and I see all these actresses working up tears. 
like really crying and doing their method acting and real tears, real tears. And I thought I looked at all of them and I thought to myself, no, that's not that's not what they want. They don't want to see real tears. They want comedy tears. I know this show. I know it's comedy tears. And so I put on my biggest uh, comedy cry. And, you know, as all the actresses are like working up their sense memories in the in the waiting room, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go in there and be funny. And um, I go in the room. I'm trying to remember. I think it was just Mark Hirschfeld for the first and so the the thing was, if you get a callback, you're going straight to the callback, like you're going to hang out. And so I go in and I do my my crying woman. And Mark was like, great, stick around. Don't leave like instantly. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I stuck around. And then, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe an hour later, I go back in and it, there was Jerry and Andy Ackerman. and think uh, Larry David too but at the time I didn't know who Larry David was and I didn't know Andy Ackerman either but he was the director of the episode so I figured it out but um, I think they introduced they introduced Andy he's the director so you know it was all kind of a blur because I was so nervous and excited Um, but I did my my fake crying and my comedy crying and I did my a line and you know I read with the casting director and he did the lines at the end and they were just like fantastic that was great wow you're a great crier and love it you know and I think I might have said something I don't know I was so out of my mind excited and I can't remember I think I must have gotten a call that night saying I got it and uh, I mean, it was just the greatest excitement ever. And um, anyway, so that's how I got the part. <laughs> wow. Can't imagine what was going through your head, especially because you said you were such a fan of the show. So huge fan. And my this was my first real TV job, my first real job. I mean, soap opera it was a first thing. Candy Striper on a so you know, on days of our lives. But this was big, really, really exciting. Yeah. Wow. And so what was the vibe like on the set when you first got there? Um, so I got there and then, um, you know, coming from a theater company, a really close knit theater company, there's a feel of an ensemble, like a healthy, thriving ensemble. And that's what this had. It just everyone was sort of an equal partner and everyone was part of the team and it just had this positive vibe and i i can't tell you how many people must have thanked me for being there like you know i'm just like are you kidding me thank you but you know when you're the, coming in with this teensy tiny partner it's your first tv job and and all these amazing, talented people are thanking you for being there and treating you like part of the team. There was just a lot of laughter, a lot of like ease and comfortableness and um, just everyone seemed happy. And that's the vibe. Friendly, warm. Well, we loved your scene for many reasons. First off, Jerry and George have that classic discussion about the makeup sex and then you come in after with your scene. So can you kind of take us through what it was like rehearsing that scene and also what your experience was like being on the set with Jerry and Jason and watching them work together? That is the exact uh, question, because that was it was so amazing. Um, First, I'll tell you, the guy who played my husband or boyfriend you know, John, his name was John Rubano. And it turns out we had friends in common. So it was really nice to have him sort of as a uh, an ally there. We were both kind of starstruck. And I think it might have been his first, you know, big TV thing or something. But it, it we were both um, like, uh, we can't believe what we're witnessing. So we would run the scene. Um, I remember the rehearsal. I remember 
being in monks and just kind of walking on there. Like, Evie, you're going to sit here. John, you sit here and we'll have food there. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. OK, um, I'm, I'm in monks. Oh, my God. And just that surreal feeling. And then they were sitting in the booth and they'd rehearse it. And the rehearsal between them was so much fun. And it reminded me of my own theater company in that way of like, they all speak each other's language and they all were so caring and giving to each other and laughing at each other's jokes and they would improvise and we, you know, we would run through a scene, run through it. And then, you know, the director would be like, just, you know, throw some stuff out or, you know, let's play with it. And, um, I can't remember how many of their lines were improvised, but I know that they added new things as they went along here and there. And they, they would just like crack each other up. And I, I just, I remember just that mutual back and forth of you're, you're funny, you're funny. No, you're funny, you know, with each other and Andy Ackerman hysterically laughing at them and them laughing with him and, them give George and Jerry or uh, Jason and Jerry giving each other compliments about that was so funny. That was so good. And then we ran the scene and one of the run throughs, George did the thing where he exited and he was supposed to leave, but he came back and he went feel better, tapped me on the shoulder and then left and they all burst out in hysterics. And that's when Andy Ackerman said, and that's it. That's where we end the scene. And I was like, there goes my line. <laughs> so now I have no lines, but it was okay because I knew that, uh, you know, it was all for the sake of comedy. Oh, so Jason improvised that line when he came back into yes. the coffee shop? Yes, that was a full improv. And, um, and they all, Jerry and Andy Ackerman were on like on the floor with that ad lib that, Jason did at rehearsal. And so that's how my line got cut. And uh, that's how that that's thing changed. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so torn because that, that's such a great little scene. Like, that's a great capper to the scene. And it's such a great line. I love that Jason improvised it. But then again, I feel bad that you got your line cut. So, well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I was bummed, but at the same time, I was like, well, I still get to cry, and I'm still here on Seinfeld, and I, um, you know, I'm not going to complain. It's still my first acting job. I'm still, I'm still uh, feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. And he get, and Jason gets to tap me on the shoulder, so. That That's true, awesome. too. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And here's the thing is that they all just kept telling me how great I was constantly. It was just like, Evie, your crying is fantastic. Keep it going. Or And they would say things like, um, okay, cry louder here. Okay, when he's talking, cry so You know, things that, okay, now we're really wail right here. So there was that. And um, it was kind of dark. You know, I was not looking at who was saying it. I'm assuming it was Andy Ackerman saying it. Could have been Larry David. But, that sounds um, more like Gary David. Doesn't those, it? Yeah. <laughs> those directions, giving those commit because he had that mind where he could look at something and he could watch. Go, yes, that's what's funny. Okay, she needs to be louder here. All right, so we're gonna be like, you know, and he could just watch and go through and know exactly how to play it out. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's how the rehearsal went, and and you know, for for my part, it was pretty easy, and I. Th- there's a part of me that's sort of relieved that it was so easy for my first job because I was so nervous and so overwhelmed. And yet at the same time, all they did was tell me how great I was. Thank me for being there. You're doing such a terrific job. You're such a great crier. I mean, it was such an amazing feeling to be being told by these incredible talents like, but I was part of this. I was you. You helped to make this episode so great. You helped you made this scene so great. I mean, such nonstop compliments from them. Which, and for John too. You know, for both of us, they were just so lovely. Oh, that's that's so wonderful to hear. Yeah. 
And um, in the actual episode, they cut back and forth between your discussion and Jerry and George's discussion. So were those takes shot separately or was that all done at the same time? All done at the same time, like a like a theater piece. Oh, nice. So coming, okay. Yeah. Coming from theater, I it felt it was a great I felt really capable of like I can do this scene, you know, um, yeah, but then that's what it was just one scene. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Well, one thing that's interesting about that scene is that it's actually based on something that really happened to Jason Alexander. He witnessed two celebrities at a restaurant being in this exact scenario. So I was just curious, like, if he mentioned that on the set at all, if anyone talked about it. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I wonder if he also witnessed one of them then saying, it's really important to me. And then the other one saying, OK, fine, I'll go. Like, I right. wonder <laughs> <laughs> if he witnessed that real ending that was written. Or first ending, I should say. Right. He never said that to me, but I bet I bet in the writer's room, you know, that's where it all came forth. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get to spend any time with Jason, either off camera or in between takes? Um, I will tell you an amazing story that it's brief, but amazing. Um. I could cry thinking about it. So my mother had recently died before I got this part. And I'm from L.A., so my dad is in L.A., and so he came to the taping. And, in fact, uh, the day of the taping, there was a rehearsal in the day, and then there was a dinner break, and then we filmed it at night. And um, I remember walking to the dinner. They had set up catering. Um, just for the Seinfeld people. And um, I was walking to the dinner and Jerry and George were walking, Jason and Jerry were walking to the dinner. And I don't remember if they said, if they said walk with us or, or they just walked over to me or they just called out to me. But somehow I found myself walking to dinner with Jerry and Jason and they were saying, so do you have anyone coming tonight? And I was like, oh, yeah, my dad's coming. And he's the hugest fan of the show. And they said, you'll have to introduce us. We'll say hi. And I mean, I'm seriously just thinking about it makes me really emotional. And I was just thinking about how much that would mean to my dad, who's this was his absolute favorite show. And, you know, thinking about our mom and all that It was her favorite show. So, um. My mom, I said our mom. But <laughs> anyway, so we had that little chat. And, and again, walking to dinner, they were saying, you're such a good crier. And I, wow, how have you, how did you learn how to do, I don't know, just chatting with me about how, how good a crier I was. <laughs> and then after the show, after we taped, now after we taped the whole show, they, uh, Jason came over to me and thanked me. Thank you so much. And I guess Jerry was around too. They both thank you so much for doing this again. And then I said, would you, could I introduce you to my dad? And of course, of course. And he walks straight over my dad who's sitting in the stand in the audience and shakes his hand. It's so great to meet you. Your daughter's such a wonderful crier. And had a long conversation with my dad. And Jerry comes over, shakes his hand, my father's hand. It's so nice to meet you. Your daughter's wonderful. She's been so, we're so lucky to have her. She's such a great crier. Like, mind-blowing. And it meant so much to us. So that's my story. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is that is one of my favorite stories we've ever heard on this podcast. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, thank you. Seriously, thank you so much. Like. <laughs> just when you think you can't appreciate those guys or this show anymore, you hear something like that. It's just, wow. <laughs> you, oh, yeah. yeah, it I'm was. Get, I'm getting emotional myself. <laughs> it was just so meaningful. Yeah. Almost 30 years later, it, I can remember that specifically so vividly. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, well, obviously, you mentioned Terry and Jason. Uh, what about Julia or Michael? Did you get to interact with them at all or watch them perform? I remember um, I remember them both saying hello to me. 
I did not really interact with them. I remember Julia, you know, was just a friendly hello. And Michael was a little bit more of a reserved hello. And then um, being backstage during the taping, you know, they because they run it kind of in order and they run it fast like a play and they don't stop unless they have to. They just it just keep, you know, running it. And I do remember watching Michael Richards practicing and rehearsing and he'd go over a lot. He'd be in like in sort of the dark parts behind the flats, you know, and he'd be talking to himself and running a bit, running the lines, running the physicality of it, just totally in his own world, rehearsing by himself. Like, don't go over to him. But, you know, like he was in a full character, full rehearsal mode. And I found that really fascinating and fun to watch. But yeah, I had very little path crossing with Julia, but um, she's definitely one of my all-time favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. And besides the scene you were in, uh, when you were kind of hanging around on the set, watching like the rest of the episode being filmed, was there a scene in particular that you really enjoyed watching? I remember being... Very, I remember being so out of my mind that I couldn't quite follow it. Like I was so excited and it was, you know, like that thing where your your energy is like so high, you kind of can't focus. Right. So I remember there were Susan, Susan scenes and I remember the rabbi scenes and I remember being like, I can't even focus. I'm so, (laughs) there's so much to look at. There's so much to see. There's so much happening that I didn't sit there and watch it. I mean, I did, but I also, I was just like out of my mind with excitement that I, I don't, I couldn't really focus and sit back and watch (laughs) as if I were just in a normal state. I think I was just so out of my mind. Yeah. And I'm, you know, what's my dad thinking? Is he enjoying it? What what would my mom think right now if she were here? You know, just all of that, like all of these thoughts and emotions going through my head. Do you remember what your dad said after the filming? My dad was, uh, I can't believe it. They were so nice. There was a lot. I wish your mom was here. And they were so wonderful to me. They were so nice. the nicest, you know, he just kept talking about how nice they were and they and how they kept complimenting me and to him, like, your daughter is so great. Your daughter's so great. And he's like, I just can't believe it. I can't believe this happened. What, you know, it's everything I they're even better than I thought they would be. And, you know, yeah, he was really, really uh, special for him. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I mean, you've already told us so many wonderful things about being a part of Seinfeld and you were such a huge fan. But uh, what didn't you know about Seinfeld that you now know after being a part of it all? Mm. What didn't I know? I mean, I think maybe at the time uh, I didn't I didn't know that they would run it like a, a play, you know, that they would run it so theatrically um I think the the respect that they all gave each other to me sort of it's obvious why the show is so appeals to so many different people and and in so many different ways because they they just really seem to embrace everyone no matter who they were everyone who gave up their time to be a part of their show they gave that you know such such respect to and gratitude for and the heart even though the show the show's about nothing and the shows have you know the characters aren't redeemable in many ways and all that right (laughs) the 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 other side of it is it's all heart It, it and also it's all heart and the heart comes from the the people who created it and the people who worked on it and you know in every aspect, every, everyone from the costume department, catering, you know, everyone was happy to be there. 
That's great. And we know you appeared in several other sitcoms after Seinfeld, including Friends, which was another big show at that time. So how would you describe what your experience was like on that show compared to Seinfeld? I think the thing that felt a little different, the thing about Seinfeld was everyone kept telling me how they were so grateful to have me. And of course, at the time I was like, Seriously, you could have any actor you want in town. I'm the one who's grateful, right? <laughs> but it was still, it was their way. It was their way of uh, embracing their their ensemble for the week, you know. Um, and I think it on Friends, it was a little more of, it felt more um, like, you know, you're on the hit show, and you know it, we know it, and you're lucky to be here, and you know it, and we, know, you know, it wasn't as much a um, the what the Seinfeld cast did, um, and also I think it's interesting because Friends had a young sort of a young hip vibe, right? And for and then Seinfeld had this sort of like, hey, we're family, give me a hug, you're so, you know. That was kind of the difference. And when you're on Friends, it's like, this is, you're on the hot, hot thing, and we're all hot. Hot S. I don't want to curse. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, hot yeah. Stuff. Hot stuff. Thank you. I've listened to your podcast, and I heard a lot of other people say they auditioned for Curb. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I did not get to audition for Curb, though um, I did work on a lot of improv TV. And so I ended up uh, producing a bunch of improv things, an improv independent film called Memron, which was a spoof on the Enron crisis, which I was also in. Um, That was in 2003. But it was in 2004, I guess it came out. And then um, I also worked on a TBS show called Ten Items or Less, and I was a producer, associate producer on that, and I was in some episodes. And then the show Quick Draw, which is still available on Hulu, and it's an improv comedy western. And I, I we would have lots of people come in to audition for the show, and they'd say that they auditioned for Curb or, you know, like, they would often compare our audition process to Curb. And um, our audition process, and I always wanted to audition for Curb. I don't know. Didn't happen. But um, our audition process sometimes wouldn't, we wouldn't give the actual scenario. We would give a similar scenario. And I, from what I hear from the Curb one is they would given the the real one so we would try to give a different one so that when they got on set it was totally a surprise for our improv show but I would say you know if you ever have an interest check out quick draw on Hulu it's still up there and um it's funny and it's all improv and it's it's good show definitely check that out and um, before we move on to our final segment, is there anything we didn't ask you or any other stories you'd like to share with us from your time on Seinfeld? Here's, yes. Well, here's what I want to share that I'm excited to share with you. And that is I told you about the actors gang and I have a list of my friends who are on Seinfeld um, from the act. A lot of them were from the actors gang. So like Mark Hirschfeld came and saw all these shows and just he would he would call in all the theater actors. So at the time in the nineties, we were all doing plays mostly in Hollywood in the act, the colony um, of theater theaters on Santa Monica Boulevard, all this equity waiver stuff. And um, everyone from Lieberman Hirschfeld would come in and call us in for auditions. So here's, I'm going to tell you my, all the people I know. Oh, the first person I know is Ian Abercrombie. Oh, who is Mr. Pitt. And I knew him because I did a play with the Actors Gang at the Odyssey Theater in West L.A. I did this. I did a play Good Woman of Szechuan. And he was doing a play 
in the next theater. So it was, it's a complex, right? So he was doing a play in one of the theaters and there was a green room, a common green room. And for some reason, he and I would hit it off. And this was before I did Seinfeld and before he did it. And I was just like, oh my God, I've just become friends with this older, nice gentleman. We're friendly and we're just would chat every night in the green room. And it was so cute. He was so sweet and friendly and we just hit it off. Years later, I was waiting tables at Louise's on Melrose and Ian came in all the time by himself and we, oh my gosh, how are you? And he would come in and sit in my section and we would chat and he would have a nice tea and have his meal. So that was really fun. And then it was after that, that he was Mr. Pitt and I was so happy for him because he was just the greatest, sweetest man. So there's that. Okay, so there's my Ian story. Okay, so here are all the people from the actors gang. It's okay, Cynthia Ettinger, who was in the parking garage. Michelle, the, yeah. the beautiful. Oh, so she's, yeah. Right? She's a close friend of mine. Um, Kate Mulligan. And she was in the baby shower episode, and she was the friend of the woman that George uh, had had the date with, the bad date with. Yeah. So she was the friend, and she was just sort of like, you know, why are you? She was talking a lot with the date. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's like, you, you know the time? Yeah, <laughs> from the from the baby having the baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's Kate, and Kate's husband. Should I tell you this? Wait, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna save him for last. So then, um, then Michael Rivkin, who was uh, in the stand-in, he played Fulton. <laughs> okay, so he was in the Actors Gang also. Then um, Ned Bellamy, who played oh, Eddie yeah. in the Fatigues. Love him. Yeah. He was the Fatigue. So he was in the Actors Gang. He was one of the. I think he's one of the founders with Tim Robbins. Um, Shannon Holt, who was the pregnant woman and who named her baby seven. Oh, yeah, seven. We, we had her husband. Well, the guy that played her husband on. OK. And then Kyle Gass, who was the smoker in abstinence. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Tenacious yeah. D. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then so my so Kate is married to Brent Hinckley, the sidler. Oh, no way. <laughs> Yeah. So my here's my story. So Kate and Brent are like my some of my best friends and we traveled together. It was um, New Year's 2020. We went to the Bahamas together and we're on the dance floor on New Year's Eve and I'm dancing with Kate and Brent. And all of a sudden, this woman in the Bahamas screams and she goes, oh, my God, you're the sidler. That's great. And it was amazing. So he does get recognized every now and then as this, you know, they're like, are you the sidler? Um, and then I have a, a lot of other friends I was just going to mention um, who I'm still close with. One is uh, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, who played Shelly in the doodle with the She's sucking on the, the pecans. So yeah. you find me so repulsive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So she's a good friend of mine. And then also Arabella Field, who was um, Miranda on the Merv Griffin show. Oh, yeah. And um, Mark Fight was on the Kiss Hello. These are all like people who were in this theater scene back in the 90s um, who I, you know, friends with. And and they were all people that Mark Hirschfeld just Come on in. You know, we love theater actors. And so. Absolutely. And, and it worked out so well. Yeah, that's uh, it was pretty awesome. That's really cool. All right. So before we let you go, we're just going to move on to our final segment. It's called This, That and the Other. So basically, we just ask you a question. And the first thing that comes to mind, you let us know. OK. So first question, what is your favorite film? I'm going to say, uh, I'll say Best in Show. I love oh, that movie. Good one. Yeah, me too. That is a hidden gem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite band or musician? I'm going to say Pink Floyd. 
say Paul Simon and Simon and Garfunkel. Nice. Mm -hmm. What role or performance are you proudest of? I would say there was this film called Memron that I did 2003, 2004, and it was improv. And I played, I got to play this really fun character. I had a huge through line throughout the whole thing. And we were all, it has a Seinfeld feel because it was about this group of people who were fired from an Enron like corporation and decided to start their own business. And they're all just these kind of troubled characters. <laughs> they're all just, they all are flawed. Let's say that heavily flawed people. And it was just such a fun film and fun character. The actor you worked with, who was the most different from the character he or she played? Um, I'd say maybe Ed Herman on Gilmore Girls. I just, I know he played sort of a tough, gruff father. And when I did Gilmore Girls, he, he was so sweet. And he, he said, hey, come here. Um, I just want to let you know. You got to talk really fast on this show. You got to say your lines really fast and uh, let me run lines with you because you don't want to you don't want to mess up. And, you know, you know, you don't want them to like stop because you're not talking fast enough. So run with me and I'll tell you if you're going fast enough. And then on another I did two episodes of that and another episode that I did. He. I don't know, he just kind of looked he looked out for me on that. Like there was a little discrepancy about my blocking and someone was sort of saying that I had done something wrong. And he was like, hey, hey, she, she's a guest star. Let's treat her. You know, let's like don't put her in the middle of this. Or, I don't know. He really I felt like he really looked out for me. <laughs> Favorite story working on the set of a film or TV show. Okay, I guess I will say when I was on Friends, <laughs> when I was on Friends, um, they would have huge catering craft services constantly. So, like, you know, you've got on the show day, I did two episodes of Friends also, and you would just, like, on show day, you have – your huge buffet spread, right? And then they would ask what you want to order from the restaurant. And then an hour later, there would be a new buffet. And then they would pass around um, ice blended coffees and they would pass around Chinese chicken salads. And it was, there was so much food constantly, constant, wow. constant flow of food. And I said to the caterer, hey, this is incredible. What's your food budget? Just sort of, you know, like, and she went, we don't have one. And I went, got it. <laughs> that explains it. Uh-huh. And it was just like, they could just order whatever they wanted for the cast and crew. And, you know, it was, um, it was incredible. And then the other thing I remember from that show is the makeup from friends. They were doing my makeup. And she had a huge jar of La Mer, the, the makeup woman had a huge jar of La Mer, which is, you know, it was probably $500 thing of La Mer. And she, it's a face cream. And um, she was putting it on me and she was like, oh, we get this free all the time. <laughs> they just give it to us. So I was like, great, put it on me. But it was just one of those things where I went, wow, this show is. It's untouchable, Friends was. And the thing is, probably Seinfeld was too, but it was a different, it was such, I don't know if it's because that was the 90s and this was the 2000s, you know, if things had changed or not. But. Yeah, well, I do remember someone telling us a story about how Jerry would have bagels flown in from New York because the bagels in L.A. just, they didn't cut it. So Before Gold Belly. Right. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you were you mentioned that you were a member of the Tim Robbins um, theater company. 
So is there a, like a memory or a story that really sticks out to you from being a part of that group? That group was really my heart and soul for 12 years. I mean, it's just endless, endless, countless stories. And I made so many close friends that I still have today. My best, best friends um, I met at the Actors Gang. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, well, I guess one thing that would stand out is that we would always throw these New Year's Eve fundraiser parties and uh, people, we would, they would get, you know, packed. The whole theater community would come and we'd bring, you know, friends and we'd sell tickets and it would just be packed. And um, there was this one guy named Chris Bell who would build a ride and it was, he was, there was like always the ride at the, we would do it in our huge warehouse space theater and he would build a ride and he'd start the ride like 24 hours before the party started. And it was sometimes it was basically just like an elevator lift that would go up like five feet. And that was the ride. And people would wait in line and buy tickets and he would just decorate it. So it looked really cool. And then you'd step in and it would go up for five feet and then it would go back down. That was the ride. And one time the ride was like a slide, but it, it was, you know, like a conveyor belt slide kind of thing and so you'd sit on the top and it would just like go down really slowly but it was it was the fact that it was you know there was decoration around it and the the ride he would usually finish making the ride at like 10 p.m and the party would be raging already and he'd be still working on the ride and then (laughs) be like the ride's open (laughs) um yeah but our, you know, we'd all our friends would play in bands and and perform and there's dancing and it was great, really fun. Was there ever like a celebrity guest, uh, comedian or whatever that would come and perform with you? Um, I did a play with John C. Riley. Uh, he actually was friends with a lot of people who were in the gang. And he wanted to do an Ionesco play um, called Exit the King. And he had seen me. I'd met him. And then he'd seen me in the previous show and asked me to play Queen Marie, which was he. it's the it's such a great play. But there are two wives and there's the older wife and then the new wife. And so I was the new wife and he was the king. And it was Michael Rivkin was in it who was uh, on your show. I mean, on Seinfeld, your show, Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was a great, really great experience. And we had a lot of fun celebrities come see the shows all the time. You know, all the time it would be like, oh, my God, uh, who was in the audience? I remember Paul Thomas Anderson was in the audience and then oh one Keanu Reeves one time came to our show um we did this show called Hysteria in 92 92 and it was there were like 20 people in the audience this was when we had a smaller space just like one Thursday night or Sunday night you know when no one's there and Keanu Reeves came by himself sat in the audience sat through the show and then after the show came around to the backstage door and waited for us. And someone opened the door and they're like, Keanu Reeves is standing outside. We, we peek out and he got down on his knees and he said, I want to be like you all. I want, I just hope someday I'm as good as all of you. And then he got up and rode off on his motorcycle. Wow. Right? That was fun. <laughs> Love it. Love Keanu. <laughs> yeah, me too. And um, also you worked with uh, Tenacious D. So what was it like performing with them? Well, I went to college with Jack. And Jack is the one who got me in the actors gang. And he and I knew each other since high school because he went to school in L.A. also. And um, and then we were in the UCLA theater department together. And then 
one day, I'd say it was probably like 1988, 1989, he said to me, oh my God, I just saw this incredible play called Freaks. I think it was called Freaks. At the Actors Gang, you've got to, you've got to see it. And I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, you know, short time later, he said, okay, they're, they're, they're taking new members for their new workshop. You've got to come audition. And I was like, okay. And I went and auditioned. And a few of us got into the Actors Gang at that time. So Jack had done a little work with them. And Michael Rivkin also joined at that same time and a few others. Yeah. So, so cut to Kyle was a part of the actors game already. And then that's how Jack and Kyle met. And then, so the, so Tenacious D kind of formed while we were all at the actors game and they used to play in the dressing room and Hey guys, we wrote a new song you want to hear. And we'd all gather around and be like, oh, you guys are so funny. And then they would do, they would play at stand-up comedy gigs. Um, they played a lot at stand-up shows. And we would all go and support them. And I remember a few times they played and you know, no one was in the audience. And we were like, we love you guys. And we would always be there and support them. And then uh, they got the HBO show. And that's where everything kind of changed and blew up when they did that. Um, and, you know, we they did a lot of shows at the Actors Gang, late night shows. Um, they would perform at uh, we, benefits. I think they probably performed at the New Year's Eve parties. And um, they used to do a lot of skits in their shows. And I was always in the skits. And I'd always play, you know, the female roles. And then one time, I, a couple times I was Wonder Woman, a couple times I was Ginger Spice, and then um, <laughs> one time we did a they did a show at the Wiltern, it's a big theater here in LA, and they had me play Baby Sasquatch, and because um, John C. Riley was playing Sasquatch, because they have songs about Sasquatch, and so John C. Riley was playing Sasquatch, and I remember they told me where to get the costume. Oh, and Jack would always be like. <laughs> go go get a Wonder Woman costume. Go get a Ginger Spice costume. I'll I'll reimburse you. And then he'd always just like give me some cash, you know. And then um, so they, I had to go get my the Baby Spice costume, which is which is a child's Chewbacca costume. <laughs> no, not Baby Spice. Uh, I would get the Baby Chub Baby Sasquatch costume. I don't remember what I said. I got the Baby <laughs> Sasquatch costume and it's a child's Chewbacca costume so the night of the show of the Wiltern show I was getting in my baby Sasquatch costume and I thought it'd be really funny if I wore a um, flower in my hair and a pearl necklace and I remember Jack came up to me and he goes he started laughing he goes what are you doing and I said what do you mean and he goes Baby Sasquatch doesn't have a pearl necklace. <laughs> I said, do you know how crazy? Why not? How crazy is that? <laughs> but it's always, you know, always really so much fun to uh, hang with them. And then they, you know, they would put their friends in the HBO shows and in their Pick of Destiny movie. So they're always looking out for friends, too. Very cool. And final thing, favorite moment of your career? Um, so interesting. Let's see. I guess one moment. I mean, I was. I would think there was a period of time where I was getting, where I was doing like a lot, was working a lot. I'll say, I mean, okay, I guess I'll just say when I did Seinfeld and Jerry and George sort of welcomed me into showbiz with all that praise and love and acceptance, right? I guess I should keep saying Jason. I say George, but <laughs> Jason and Jerry were, they were so, they made me feel like I really belonged in showbiz, right? Yeah. yeah. Can't really beat that. Yeah. 
And uh, real quick, I believe your last IMDb credit was from like 2014, 2015. So are you still acting? Are you on stage? Or are you doing something else now? What's what's what are you up to these days? I have not been acting. I have been um, being a mom. Oh, congratulations. And thank you. My son is almost 13. And I've just started to try to get my reel back and try to, you know, I'm missing it a lot. And I miss acting. I miss doing theater. I miss uh, the whole thing. Just thinking about, you know, telling you all these stories and stuff. I remember all the things I worked on and I miss it. So I'm trying to get back in. Well, that's great to hear. And um, Evie, this interview was kind of the reason why we do this podcast. I mean, you didn't even have one line in the episode and you had all these amazing stories that we'll never forget. And we thank you so much for sharing them with us. That's so beautiful. I have to say I was so honored that you asked. And I kept thinking, why did these guys want to talk to me when my part was so tiny? But I thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, as we always say, it doesn't matter. Even if you only had one line or one scene or in your case, you didn't have any lines. You're supposed to, and it got cut, which is another great story. Um, it doesn't matter. You were such an important part of our favorite show, and you had such a memorable scene, and you were great. And I agree with uh, Jerry and Jason that you were a great crier, great comedy crying. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Our pleasure. Have a great night. Thanks for all the laughs, and take care. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Hey, how was your day? Good. Good day. How was your day? Yeah, it was okay. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? Oh, nothing much. You know, I went over to Jerry, you know, talked to Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, could I, could I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, sure. All right. You see, this is the thing. <laughs> I just feel like I can't do this in this I just feel like I need a little more time because I just feel like I'm not ready yet. I'm frightened and I'm scared. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. Oh, don't worry.